Um, I don't go into a school and make a, make a judgment about what children can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that children can do anything mm-hmm. and that they're just um, extremely uh, clever, intelligent, fascinating human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I set quite high standards for them. Great. But I don't say things like, oh, this is going to be really hard. Great. Um, I just kind of um, have the end goal in my mind, mm-hmm. but I'll kind of break it down for them. Mm-hmm. So I'll give them a little bit of a task to do and then once they've achieved that then I'll give them the next bit and uh, I suppose essentially I'm saying that I'll scaffold the, the tasks for them until they're able to do that really difficult thing mm. that they thought they'd never be able to do. Welcome to the show ladies and gentlemen where we interview top teachers in education who share their thoughts, experiences and insights on teaching and learning. Today's guest is Vanessa Downey. She's been teaching for over 15 years in primary and secondary schools and as a facilitator outside of school life. She is literally art in abundance. I'm really looking forward to interviewing Vanessa and getting her insights and experiences on the purpose, the power and importance of art in education. Okay, great. Vanessa Dowling. Is it Dowling or Dowling? Downey. Vanessa Downey. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thank you so thank much you. for coming on board. Oh, it's a pleasure. I first want to just thank you and mm-hmm. show gratitude to you for coming. I sure. Travelled a long way, and Not I only far. met you. What was it? Like a week or two ago. Literally seven days ago. Yeah. Seven days <laughs> ago, and I immediately connected with you. I knew that you had a fantastic spirit, a fantastic energy, mm. and enthusiasm for life. Mm-hmm. which I knew immediately was going to be so impactful for this particular show okay. and something that is going to resonate with the education community and sure. yeah absolutely so I, I'm, I'm excited I'll, I'm looking forward to getting Good. into it Me so too. we're going to start with a, a quick fire round okay. where I'm just going to ask you I'm just going to say a word and you're going to say the first word that comes to mind don't okay. you know this <laughs> I don't buy it <laughs> the quick fire rounds might though <laughs> <laughs> okay so the first word is family oh um do I need to answer with just one word or can yeah. I say a few words tell me the first word or phrase that comes to your mind oh um that's a difficult one actually <laughs> friends Love. People. Um, amazing. Culture. Rich. Leadership. Important. Art. Oh, well, um, uh, what's the word I need? I want to say invaluable, but that's not quite the word that I want. Okay. Imperative? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Science. Crucial? School. Uh, the word boring is coming into my head. <laughs> That's really wow. bad, isn't it? We're going to get onto that. School and boring, okay. Sam, so what was school like for you when you were first in school as a child? Yeah, so the first memories I have of school were uh, secondary school, actually. Mm. I don't seem to be able to remember my childhood very much. And um, I remember that there didn't seem to be um, a lot of extracurricular activity available. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of made it fun for myself by just kind of seeking out friends that had similar interests. And um, by then I was quite 
politically minded and I was interested in the C&D movement. I'm kind of showing my age now, aren't I? <laughs> and um, so, yeah, my friends were all similarly interested in that. So we just spent our lunchtime shooting the breeze about political things. Wow. Um, I was part of a steel band while I was at school, so absolutely loved music from a very young age as well. I think my dad really tried to push that. Mm -hmm. I think that might have come from his Native American background mm -hmm. and heritage, where music is quite an important, music and dance, quite an mm -hmm. important um, aspects of their culture mm -hmm. and heritage. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, yeah, I just absolutely adored my music lessons. Yeah. And it just made me feel really alive and like this is what I should be doing. And tell us about the teacher that inspired you the most. Uh, there were two teachers that inspired me at secondary school. Um, obviously my steel band teacher was just absolutely phenomenal and um, even though he was teaching me as a teenager many years ago, mm -hmm. he's still active, he's still teaching. Uh, I saw him, bumped into him recently and he hasn't changed a bit, mm -hmm. which is really nice to see. And um, yeah, he's still judging, he's still out there judging national steel band competitions and all sorts. So yeah, he's still doing it, it's great to see. And then my um, English literature teacher actually, mm -hmm. she was the only teacher that said to me, do you want an A, do you want to get an A mm -hmm. in English literature? And I said, yes, I do. And she really pushed me and encouraged me to, to do that. So, and I, I achieved it. So, yeah. Fantastic. Well done. Well so I absolutely love English literature as well. Yeah. I love reading. Yeah. Bro. And then talk us through that journey of then what happened next. Did you go to college, university? What yeah, I went to college and, and then I went on to university. Mm -hmm. uh, if I had my time again, I'd probably do it completely differently. <laughs> then I guess a lot of people say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What would you do differently? Um, I would have gone to a different university, I think. Okay. I, really, I really wanted to go to Brunel mm -hmm. and study anthropology. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, when I went to the interview, mm. there was a little bit of a strange incident, which my mum put down to um, being racially motivated. Mm. And so she decided that she decided that I wasn't going to Brunel University based on that incident, wow. which I was finding a little bit frustrating because I feel like if I'd been to, if I had gone to Brunel University, my life might have been completely different. Mm. But um, yeah, I don't really talk about the university that I went to because yeah. I'm deeply ashamed of it. <laughs> but I am doing a master's degree at Goldsmith, so I'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, fantastic, fantastic. And then what was the progression into, into teaching and to where you're at today? Yeah, so uh, I always wanted to do something creative. At first um, I had this passion for writing, so I thought I was going to be a writer and journalist. And I think that if I'd gone to Brunel that probably would have happened. Mm. I can't help but think that having the university that I did have on my CV just didn't work in the eyes of the leaders at whichever media organisations that I'd applied to, uh, jobs for. Mm -hmm. uh, so after a couple of years of just applying for media jobs and just getting knocked back, mm. I thought I probably need to change my thinking about what my career is going to be. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed working with children, I was doing so at the time, so I thought um, if this is such a great, um, enjoyable thing for me, maybe this is the direction I could go in. Mm -hmm. So long story short, I trained as a teacher and I thought that I was going to go into um, a field where I could make a lot of difference mm -hmm. and, and really benefit young people. Sure. And then the record kind of stopped quite abruptly, it was mm -hmm. a bit of a <laughs> moment. <laughs> right. Ah. 
okay? Uh, maybe if you start teaching the same year that the National Literacy and the National Numeracy Strategy come out, mm -hmm. then perhaps education isn't going to be quite as creative as I thought it was going to be. Got it. And it wasn't. Mm, so um, I did everything in my power to try and make my lessons as creative as I could. Mm -hmm. But there were so many constraints that I just found myself getting more and more deluded and frustrated and in the end I just left the profession. Wow. Because I really needed to be doing something creative. Mm. Mm. The times that I absolutely loved um, being at work mm. were the times when we were working on a school production and I was leading the choreography, mm -hmm. doing all the sort of musical theatre type things and um, really enjoyed doing that. Mm. Hadn't really trained in that yeah. field, so I didn't know how I was doing it. It was mm -hmm. just kind of coming quite naturally. Sure. And the children loved it and it was yeah. just great. And then once those uh, periods were over mm. and it was back to just um, sort of bog standard teaching again, I just felt a little bit like something was missing. Mm. And all of my colleagues were saying, oh, you should be out there doing dance and creative stuff. Fair. And I thought, I would love to do that, but I don't know how mm -hmm. to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of discovered that sometimes if you just put out there what you want mm. and you keep um, thinking about it and talking about it, you're not going to say, don't you? You can manifest it. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, since then, since leaving teaching, I've just been manifesting the things that I want to happen in my life, which has just been pretty magical, actually. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Why is creativity so important for you and why do you love teaching about creativity? Yeah, um, I can't really describe why it's important for me. All I know is that I need it in my life and if I don't have it in my life, then I don't feel human. Mm. I don't feel whole, I don't feel complete. It's right. as necessary to me as air, as oxygen and blood through my veins, mm. seriously. Mm. Um, I just feel uh, so content and satisfied with life when I'm doing creative things. Mm. And um, I know when I'm not doing something creative that I just don't feel right. Mm. There's something that's not quite right, so I need to go and do something about that really quickly, mm. just to kind of be on an equilibrium again. Sure. And in terms of children, I can only say based on my observations, so when I see children who are engaged in activities that are not creative, mm. uh, that's when I see a lot of behaviour issues, that's when I see a lot of despondence um, or sort of resignation or just lack of engagement, those yeah. sorts of things. And then I think that creativity, as well as the actual act of creativity being engaging and interesting, mm -hmm. I think there's a certain um, passion that comes with it mm -hmm. from the person that's delivering it because yeah. they love it so much. Mm -hmm. And so children pick up on energy, don't they? Absolutely. And so they're obviously going to pick up on that creative energy as well that's coming from the practitioner or the facilitator or the teacher. Mm -hmm. And um, that in itself kind of sets the ground for Every, all the creative things that are going to come on top of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Fantastic. So, with the, with the creative element, a lot of people might find it difficult or a lot of people might be thinking, well, how do I deliver that vibrancy, that creativity, and manage behaviour at the same time? How do you... How do, you how do I manage it? That? Yeah. Okay, uh, that's an interesting question. I find that I don't really have to do much disciplining. Because I, I just kind of go into the space mm. or in um, one of the schools I teach and the children come into my space yeah. and as soon as they come in there's something visual, there's um, something, um, what's the word, there's music mm -hmm. playing and um, they're immediately quite intrigued by mm. whatever it is that they see. Mm -hmm. So they very quickly settle down and they 
come in and they do what they know I want them to do, mm-hmm. which they know because I've set those expectations at the beginning mm-hmm. of sort of every term, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And if I see that they need to be reinforced, then I'll mm-hmm. just do that. But I'll just do it in a really fun, in a fun kind of vibrant way, so that yeah. it's not a teacher talking to them, talking down to them. Mm-hmm. Um, children are my equal, you know. I don't talk down to them. Mm. Um, we're at the same level. Human beings, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That human interaction is so important with children. Mm. Um, so I think they just really relate to me. They really understand me. They really know that I care about them and their welfare and their learning mm. as well. And then, um, yeah, I just kind of come in with this vibrant energy and I yeah. jump around and yeah. one minute I'm over here, the next minute I'm here, then I might be up there somewhere. <laughs> sort of Spider-Man of yeah. music lessons. <laughs> sort of Spider-Woman, I should say. So, um, yeah, the children just kind of pick up on that fun sense as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, obviously, learning is at the forefront. That's, yeah. you know, front and centre of what I do. Mm-hmm. But um, the more fun I can make it through the content, through my energy, um, through the ex- the overall experience that the children have, mm. then the more they're going to learn. I think. Really, I want to cre- really curate. I want to curate my lessons or my sessions, mm-hmm. so they're almost like a a journey, like an artistic journey that the children have from the beginning when they enter the room mm-hmm. to the point where they leave the room. Mm-hmm. And um, I want them to remember that session Absolutely. for a while, and what's so a few out? days. Yeah. If, if not longer. If not for life, right? Absolutely. Because when you deliver something that is creative, that is dynamic, you know, we always remember as adults that I was that one lesson or that one teacher that really inspired us to be who yeah. we are. Yeah. And that's really powerful that you're able to bring that vibration and that energy to the children because whether they like music or not, initially, it's yeah. like they learn to develop that passion, that enthusiasm, yeah. and it's very reflective, it rubs yeah. off from you. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really Oh my powerful. goodness, I was absolutely dreading teaching the first classical music lesson to this year six class, who can wow. be a little bit awkward about music. And um, they absolutely loved it. I was quite relieved, <laughs> more than anything else. Uh, so yeah, again, similarly, they came in with um, a piece of music playing. It was a piece of music that I knew they would recognise mm-hmm. and um, that they might um, quite like. Mm-hmm. And um, I've already set up this uh, concept whereby it's okay to not like a piece of music that I'm playing mm-hmm. as long as they can tell me why they don't like it. Sure. So there's that sort of freedom, that movement in my in my sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we talked about why they liked the piece of music, and mm-hmm. a lot of the children said they liked it, and they were able to articulate why they liked it, which mm-hmm. was really just a very proud moment for me. Yeah. yeah. And then um, we we focused on Vivaldi's life, so I told them some really interesting facts about Vivaldi, showed them a couple of videos. I like to make my lessons quite visual. Sure. And then um, yeah, just kind of got them playing some instruments yeah. and um, and just kind of thinking about uh, taking the sort of historical aspects and the cultural aspects of what they were learning mm-hmm. and taking that onto some instruments and yeah they were really excited about it. Fantastic, so you made it visual, you made it cross-curricular, you made it connect with them. And practical know. as well, mm-hmm. yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. I think that's really important in, in learning and in education is that we do make it as practical as possible because it's like how can you take this concept and how is it going to how are you going to use it in a, in, in, in practical terms yeah. to make it adv- advantageous? Yeah. And you've got some really fascinating insights on art and education. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that. Okay. 
So um, I kind of uh, left teaching and kind of wove my way into working in a creative environment as a, I suppose you could say, an artist in residence. Mm -hmm. And um, by now I'd trained as a dance artist. So I was going to lots of schools and um, feeling a little bit, um, feeling great about being able to inspire these children in this way, but also feeling a little bit frustrated that schools didn't necessarily seem to value dance as much as I would like them to. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, they would give me a space that just wasn't suitable for dancing in, or they'd um, cancel a session at the last minute, or things like this. But um, I've come to understand that, you know, it's really difficult to run a school, and things happen at the last minute, so mm -hmm. just not to take it personally, really. Mm -hmm. I think I was just so passionate about dance back then that I did, just took it really, really um, personally. Mm. Anyway, I thought I'd quite like more than just to be an artist in a school. I want to be an artist in my own right. Sure. So I decided to make that happen mm -hmm. and manifested that. Brilliant. So, um, yeah, I spent some time in a dance studio just kind of choreographing, creating work that was relevant to me and then mm -hmm. just kind of putting it out there. Yeah. Just getting comments from audience members such as your work made me cry and things like this, which is um, what I want to hear actually. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to make work that makes people feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I want people to um, sort of reflect and ask questions about their own lives and things like that. Sure. So, um, yeah, that's um, kind of been my artistic journey, really. So what are you doing in terms of dance now? Um, not much, to be honest, because okay. I've started to um, kind of take more of a responsible role in this arts organisation that mm -hmm. I've been working for for a while. So I've just recently become a director. Mm -hmm. And so it means that I need to put all of my focus on that if mm -hmm. I want to see it succeed and to grow and to become a success. Right. Um, JNC is definitely an inspiration for me mm -hmm. in terms yes. of seeing that happen. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, sometimes you have to kind of steer your ship and decide which sacrifices you're going to make. And, um, you know, I don't see that as being something that will last for very long, mm -hmm. but at this particular point in time I'm putting all my focus on the arts organisation yeah. when I'm not working for JNC of course Fair. and um, just yeah, trying to give that a lot of energy so that it will start to grow and um, become something really strong and powerful and Fair. make a difference Yeah, that's what it's all which about Which is what yeah. I want to happen in everything that I'm doing Yeah, and making that remarkable difference is so powerful We often talk about growth mindset in yeah. schools quite yeah, a lot yeah. How do you use music to develop that growth mindset within learners? Mm. Uh, essentially, essentially, it comes down to, uh, I guess, me having a belief that these children can do anything that they put their minds to. Mm -hmm. um, I don't go into a school and make, make a judgment about what children can and can't do. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that children can do anything mm -hmm. and that they're just um, extremely uh, clever, intelligent, fascinating human beings. Mm -hmm. um, so I set quite high standards for them, Great. but I don't say things like, oh, this is going to be really hard. Great. Um, I just kind of um, have the end goal in my mind, mm -hmm. but I'll kind of break it down for them. Mm -hmm. So I'll give them a little bit of a task to do, and then once they've achieved that, then I'll give them the next bit. And uh, I suppose essentially I'm saying that I'll scaffold the, the tasks for them until they're able to do that really difficult thing mm -hmm. that they thought they'd never be able to do. Or, or I should say, if I told them they were going to be doing that, yeah. they would have thought they wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. But because I've kind of, it's just kind of crept up on them, yeah. they find themselves doing it without ever having had that fear of not being able to do it. And yeah, and they're like, oh wow, I just did that, but I don't know, I didn't even know that it was possible for me. Yeah. Which is, it's and then when they achieve that, mm. that's the point at which I'll say, 
you can do anything you put your mind to mm. and just really reinforce that. Yeah, and I know for me, when I was growing up in school, I heard that once or twice as a youngster. Probably, you know, I didn't hear it enough, but I heard it a few times and I didn't, I, I thought I understood it, but I didn't mm -hmm. really believe it to the fullest sure. extent. Whereas now I'm like, wow, it's literally so impactful if you actually really start to think about it and you yeah. really start to implement those practical yeah. things in your life that it just becomes like habitual right yeah um, absolutely yeah and having teachers like you is just gold for them because you're able to instill that passion for them and you're able to develop that growth mindset within yeah. them and to say hey you can actually achieve yeah anything that you put your mind to so yeah. that's pretty powerful what was it your is. proudest moment as a teacher or oh wow proudest moment so far um, do you mean as a teacher or do you mean as a facilitator? Um, as in uh, an artist in residence? Either. Okay. Um, I've had quite a few proud moments, so trying to distill it down to one is going to be quite difficult. Tell us one of them. Okay, so uh, there was a project that I was working on in school with uh, four, like three other artists. Mm -hmm. It was quite a big project and um, involved quite a lot of children. Mm -hmm. And the children had um, decided which artist they wanted to work with. They had the choice of uh, working with a dancer, a rapper, an animator, and one, and a music artist, mm -hmm. which wasn't me, I was doing the dance. Mm -hmm. So um, I kind of, I think we'd all kind of, all the artists had agreed to work with the children as if they were our fellow artists. Mm -hmm. And I think the idea of co-construction was starting to be, to take form and become quite a fashionable thing to talk about at that point. Sure. So I was just um, coming in every day with no plan in my head. Scariest thing ever <laughs> for a facilitator. Year five. Okay. And um, every lesson that we did, or every session, I have to say, mm -hmm. just magically happened. Wow. So um, we were creating a piece about the rainforest. Mm -hmm. So we were doing the movement aspects of that and all the other artists would take care of their own um, elements. Mm -hmm. And um, essentially the children had created this absolutely wonderful dance just through uh, talking and problem solving and thinking about uh, sort of inquiry questions and then thinking about their own inquiry questions and then answering those questions mm -hmm. and then thinking about movements that can answer those questions and how they then abstract the movements to make them more artistic and all this sort of thing. So they created some really wonderful work mm. and um, it ended up with the dancers working with the animation group who were working on green screen and all this sort of thing. So the children were dancing and they had this wonderful rainforest background and all these wonderful sound effects and things like this. So yeah, it just turned out to be an absolutely amazing show that they invited the school, invited the parents to. So yeah, I can't say that I didn't shed a little tear at that yeah. point. <laughs> That's a really, really great project. Yeah. Are you working on anything similar at the moment? Um, no, just um, the arts organisation is my, my focus right now. Yeah, sure. But I would love to do something like that again. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, really, really inspiring. Yeah. And when we met, we spoke about well-being. We touched on it briefly. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit more about, because schools talk about this a lot in terms yeah. of health and well-being now, which is great. What do you do in order to maintain your health and well-being? Yeah, so I make sure that um, without a doubt I'm doing creative things. Mm -hmm. um, even if it means that I'm sleeping for you know two hours per night. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll go to dance class, I'll make sure that I'm 
exercising, I'll make sure that I'm eating healthily, I'll always make lunch and take it with me mm-hmm. rather than buying uh, junk food or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll reflect, I'll journal before I go to bed, Love it. Um, try to meditate, that yeah. is not, not something I've been, able to con- I've been able to conquer yet but I'm working on it. And um, yeah, just having generally an overall positive mindset, I think. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Vanessa, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Before we wrap up, I've got a few very interesting, engaging questions for you. Okay. Just to get to know you a little bit better, just to explore a few more ideas about who you are and, uh, and some of the things that connect with you. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question. It's like a quick fire round and just give us what comes to mind. There's no right or wrong, right? Sure. Favourite holiday destination? Oh, that's so difficult um, <laughs> in terms of the places I've been so far. Mm. Uh, Cuba, in terms of places I haven't been to yet, India. Lovely, lovely. Favourite song? Oh man, I have so many favourite songs, but if I had to pick one, it would be the song that I'm singing with, with uh, one of the schools in a singling, singing assembly at the moment, and that is Blackbird by The Beatles. Okay, I'm going to check it out. Favourite book you've read? Um, I wasn't going to say this actually, but it's just, since it's just been nominated as um, one of the t- uh, top books ever to mm. read, Chinua Achebe's Things Fall Apart. Things Fall Apart? Yeah. I'll add it to my reading list. Cool. <laughs> you should, you'll love it. Most used app on your phone? Google Maps. Have a beat, we'll travel. Gonna love that, gonna love that. Um, Next one. Most overused phrase in school? By me or generally? By you. Um, oh wow. This is going to take me being very aware of myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably. Well done. Okay. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like it. And last but not least, if you were to advise someone that wanted to, that was on the journey to becoming a teacher, What's the number one bit of advice that you would give to them? Mm. Uh, just to be creative in all they do and to believe that those children can do anything that, they, that the teacher believes that they can do. Mm-hmm. Just to have high expectations of those children. And if you were to have a meeting with the Minister of Education and he had to, he had no choice but to implement one policy. Oh, I like this. What would the one policy? What would, what would the policy be that you would share with him to implement? Yeah, well, definitely be to make education more creative. Love it, love it. Of course. <laughs> Vanessa, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Your Thank spirit you. is radiant, as I said Thank before, you. and it's been just remarkable to hear about your experience, your thoughts, your insights in education, and to share that with the community as well. Sure. And um, yeah, I'm sure they picked up fantastic deals of inspiration from you. I'm, ho- I'm hoping so. Yeah, I'm really looking forward <laughs> to this coming out and to, uh, to, to pushing it forward to sharing with more people. Great. Thank you so Thank much you. for coming on board. You're Thank very you. welcome. <laughs>